Mites and welcome to the Tuesday morning. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. That's not right. We're rebranding everybody. It's no longer the Tuesday morning fantasy football podcast, and I'm also not going to talk with an English accent because I don't have that impression down yet. We are now the <laughs> what is it again, Brandon? The extraordinary fantasy podcast. Mm, extraordinary fantasy football podcast. Mm, it's it's a lot more posh than TMF, I think. Exactly, we had to incorporate your Englishness somehow. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, so <laughs> as always, I am Zoo, and my co-host is Peaches, the Brandon Man Hughes. And uh, so you'll notice that we've got a new intro song, and a really loud semi just driving by, that's super fun. Uh, <laughs> and new demons, it's just demons in the background, they're like, hi! Yeah, so we're gonna try to keep this up like normal from last year, try to do it a little bit more frequently, um... Weirdly enough, I have more time on my schedule to do this because I'm in college again, so I don't necessarily have a full-time schedule, but that might change throughout the year. <laughs> does, does, does that mean that you're going to be switching divisions? Because you used to be the want to go back to college, not the in-college division. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, except for the part where we rename our divisions almost every year. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, we've also renamed them this year. So why don't we take this moment to go over who is who and uh, what the divisions are. So if I go to my ESPN, and here, you, folks at home, you can do this too, and follow this along. This is like the, inter- the, it's the interactive part of the podcast where you go to your fantasy football page and look at everyone's name. It's as if you're in the studio with us right now. Right now. All right, so our divisions are now uh, Division Rick and Division Morty. <laughs> um, within Division Morty, we have Password is Taco, which is Mitch's team. We have the Cut- the Kentuckiana Prison Notes, which is uh, Nathan Delaney. The Haddonfield Slashers, which is Peaches. We have the NFL Psych Ward, which is Doc. And the British Baker Off, which is myself. Uh, I know I should know, but what is the Haddonfield Slasher reference? Uh, that is a Halloween reference. Okay. Uh, just me and my complete lack of horror knowledge. Yeah, um, no, I've, I've I've been on a I've been on a uh, horror podcast and YouTube streak lately, and that was just on my mind when I thought about renaming my uh, my team. It's solid. Um, in a division Morty, or excuse me, in division Rick, we have the Tesla Pipe Dreams, which is our league champion Brett. We have Johnson and Johnson Extra Strong. It's too long. I can't read it. Extra Strong Viagra, I think it really should change to the Extra Strong, I can't read it, Um, which is Andrew. Uh, Angie, who's not so lucky after being, I think her name was Lucky something, but I can't remember now. Um, The Prison Suicides, which is Nick, and then Suck, Squeeze, Bang, and Blow uh, for Nathan Picorni. No, yeah, Nathan Picorni. Is that Nathan Picorni? Am I stupid? Yeah, that's Nathan Picorni. Sorry, Nate. For some reason, I thought you were in the other division. <laughs> so I had a moment there. All right. So, so 
I, I am personally, we're going to take this, this uh, three minutes at the beginning of the podcast to recap the beginnings of the season and what has happened in the preseason so far. Uh, this will act as a uh, little time vessel as to, you know, this is what's happening and this is our thoughts on it at the beginning of the season. We're going to revisit this probably at the end of the season and see how it's aged. Obviously, we have all been struck in just an arrow to the heart. Andrew Luck has retired, but our lord and savior Jacoby Brissett is probably going to come in and, you know, he's a serviceable quarterback. What do you think? Yeah, I think I have hope that we will have a winning season. Um, I think I think he's serviceable. I don't think it, it's not Curtis Painter back there for sure. Um, and I believe in Frank Reich's ability to have him be on the offense. And probably the biggest silver lining is that he's been running the offense all preseason. So he, oh yeah, so, I, yeah so, I heard I heard a stat that uh, he had over two hundred or three hundred snaps on the first offense um, throughout all of the preseason. So that's a that's a good sign. Yeah, and I mean Chris Ballard has done a really good job of rebuilding this team. It's clearly not about one player, and I, I do want to remind everybody that in two thousand seventeen, when Jacoby Brissett came in, got traded in week one, had no preseason preparation. We are running a Chuck Pagano offense, and Chuck Pagano was leading the team. We were winning in the after the first half, or even after the third quarter, and I think twelve of our sixteen games, and then blew all of those leads. Yeah, and that's and a, that's not that's on Brissett. That's a, that's a that's a staple of the Chuck Pagano offense right there. <laughs> yeah, that's that was a number set. That was that was on a bad defense, and it was so. I, there's reasons for hope. Now, there's also reasons for calm your tits about going to the playoffs this year. We are facing a much harder schedule this year. Um, yeah, our it's, first it's two games reflect just that. The entire, yeah, well, the entire season's going to be just kind of rough. Um, but luckily for us, Melvin Gordon's not going to play week one. Derwin James is out this season, and San Diego's lost a couple other players. So they are a weaker squad. So I, I think we got a shot. I mean, I don't... Look, at the end of the year, I think it's going to be super easy to be like what could have been with Andrew Luck because basically you could say like, well, add two wins and, you know, like find like one loss that we had where we didn't get the comeback and be like, okay, if Andrew Luck's behind the center, that's a win we should have had. But, you know, I'm ready. I'm, I'm prepared. I, I I think I have faith in Brissett. I think he's a good dude. Um, that obviously doesn't necessarily translate into success. <laughs> um, but I think we also need to kind of accept the fact that we have been blessed the last two decades. <laughs> it's, you know, not everyone's running with a Peyton Manning and then Andrew Luck quarterbacks. Like, think about Miami. They lost Dan Marino in 2001 or 2000, and they haven't had a good quarterback since then. <laughs> hey, Ryan Tannehill is serviceable. Yeah. <laughs> sure um all right so to get off of that news and go to the other piece of news that i wanted to touch on the houston texans seem to be buying the farm right now in absolute playoff must win now mode what are your thoughts Zee? well my first thought is that uh the term is selling the farm not buying the farm well they just bought a lot of shit <laughs> a lot of so, but i mean definitely because it's it's kind of weird for them to, I, I don't get this mindset of, I get the mindset of going all in. I, I can be game for that. 
my problem with it is that you go all in by trading away your top 30, you know, defensive player in Clowney. You refuse. So you, I, I think that I think the idea was that they didn't want to pay him. Uh, I think it was next season. I, I think they didn't want to pay him next season, and it was going to be a holdout type situation where he wasn't even going to play, even if they wanted him to play. So, so okay, in their okay, minds, so... In, the, in their minds, they're trading him basically to not like they're getting something out of it. Yes. Now what they got out of it was an absolute joke, but well, it's because they waited to the know, end. But no. Okay, oh, yeah, so I, was, I was about to say, here's like, my problem if didn't with this. wait till the end, it would have been a lot fine. Here's my yeah. problem with this, all right? If you're going to go all in like they did, they traded away two firsts and two second rounders to get the left tackle from Miami, Tunsil. Yeah, my, Lar- Laramie Tunsil, I do believe. My problem with that, with selling that much, <clears throat> is that's clearly a move where you say we're going all in this year because next year – they don't have a first round draft pick to help any part is, of any any is, help any part of their defense. And on top of that, so you you trade away you trade you trade away those picks. So you say I'm going all in this year. But yeah, then but then Kenny but then and Laramie Tunsil for two first rounds and two second rounds, yeah. which is Jesus. But then you shoot yourself in the foot by getting re- I think if the if you're if you thought you were going to get rid of two first rounds and two second rounds, do you know what you do? You find a way to get that money to Clowney. You don't have to go. I don't think you have to go. If you give him some crazy contract, he's going to sign, and then you can get rid of him after that. I think, I think that's a possibility. I don't think they ever tried that, and that's a problem when I you think, go on because like the Rams last year. The Rams last year went all in. They went out. They got oh, all those contracts. Oh, they got Sue. They oh, got yeah, they all those cornerbacks who ended up being trash. But that's just that was just the way the dice went. But they went all in. They didn't go all in and then trade away Aaron Donald. They didn't go in and trade away Gurley or yeah. they, they didn't trade away a parts that made their team good. What Texans just did was said we're going all in, but we're going all in with a weaker team. Because that defense, yeah, their, pa- their pass rush is nowhere near what it was. Well, their second, they didn't fix their secondary like at all, and now yeah, because didn't Ty- didn't Tyron Matthew walk? Yeah, he was he's with Kansas City now. Yeah. So the secondary's worse, arguably, and now the pass rush that was pretty damn good is it, it's got JJ Watt, who's obviously a god, but there's, but he's injury prone. He is injury prone, and now how many more double teams are going to come his way? Because now you don't have to worry about Clowney on the left side. I and see and see that was and that was my thing is that they, they made all these moves to you know push for now, but in doing that, they essentially said, "Hey Deshaun, you're going to be our only source of winning games because our defense is absolutely terrible, and you're going to have to put up at least like twenty to thirty points a game." So I hope you're ready for that. We got you a left tackle, nothing else. Okay, you know, good luck. And you bring up a really good point that I didn't <laughs> think about. You gave up, or just gave, put up a good point that I didn't think about. So now the Texans are, have they've transitioned their defense into not being that good defense. So now they have to rely on their offense, right? So this means more shootouts. More shootouts means more passing attempts. More passing attempts means more time, chances for Deshaun Watson to meet the the grass, because mm-hmm. basically, you know, I don't care if you trade if you trade two firsts and two seconds, 
you really should be able to shore up that line, but it's one guy. Who did they who did who did they get at running back again? Because I know they got Duke, but didn't they just pick up somebody else? No, Carlos it was, Hyde. Oh, Carlos they Hyde. Got Carlos Hyde. Yeah, yeah. I've never been. But I mean, he's not Carlos Hyde, but I mean, whatever. He he was good. He was good in San Francisco, but he went over to what the Browns. He wasn't good there. And then where did he just come from? Jacksonville. Yeah. So I don't think Carlos Hyde is in the peak of his career. I don't think that trade was going to help them any. I think that them see, and and this is where I'm really confused with what the Texans are doing right now. And I get it. They don't have a GM. So, you know, that's, what's fucking them up probably, but you you're in win now mode, right? Mm -hmm. You lose your, you lose your star running back in Lamar Miller for the entire year. He's not coming back. You lose Jadavion Clowney because you gave him up because you didn't want to pay him. And then you go out and get a left guard or a left tackle and another wide receiver. Uh, What? (laughs) You like, it's as if you lose two other parts to the whole puzzle, but then you just went and go, well... I'm going to get different pieces and try to make them fit in these holes. Like it doesn't make one. It doesn't make any sense for, to me completely because yeah, getting one player on the offensive line can help, but it's not going to shore up the entire line. If we had only had Quentin Nelson last year, our line would not have been as good as it was. We got Braden Smith, Quentin Nelson, Kelly showed back up. I mean, we, the only reason why we were so good is because our entire line started coming together. You can't just go get, one player, and then boom, you're better. He is still going to be on his ass a lot. Yeah. And the fact, and the fact that Laramie Tunsil, I'm pretty sure, is not that good of a run, uh, run blocker. I, 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 I think the Houston Texans are in a sort of denial mode that the Colts were under Pagano, where they're like, okay, well, you made some moves. Uh, you maybe, maybe. And it's just, it's it's going to backfire real bad because basically you just gave the great trade robbery to the fucking Dolphins now instead of the, you know, Cowboys back in the past where you're like, ooh, look, shiny left tackle. Give me fucking Khalil Mack worth of picks on it. And that's just stupid. That is absolutely stupid. Yeah, I think you're right. I hate, I, I hate, I hate that Josh Rosen has to deal with that now. How he's going to be the fucking starting quarterback with an absolute just nobody on his O-line. But in about two years, if Josh Rosen is a good quarterback for Miami, he's going to have an absolute fucking squad. Yeah, no, Josh Rosen will not be in Miami after this year. I guarantee it. Poor Josh Rosen <laughs> is going to be, watch a, his team <laughs> pick first and pick a quarterback again. Well, see... Oh yeah, Miami's yeah, Miami's gonna the, Miami's gonna... definitely picking up Tua. God, you, I'm saying that right now. That, like, that is right just, now. That is just that is so unlucky of Josh Rosen. He might be good. Round, he might be good. Quarterback pick. Yeah, I know. But <laughs> no one's gonna like, know. I I almost I almost I almost want Ballard to pick him up and just be like, you know what? We're not gonna start you, but you deserve to be on a better team than this. <laughs> I mean, he. I mean, if Brissett really craps the bed, I mean, that, that's actually a legitimate option. I mean, come draft time, I mean, Josh Rosen last year was worth a fourth. There's no way he's gonna build his value up more than a stock fourth. up. Yeah. All right, that's enough well, real football talk. <laughs> we got a lot of talk about here in the fantasy world. 
specifically our own little fantasy world where no one else exists and it's just us. Mm, warm and cozy. So I just want to start off real quick with some post-draft thoughts. Um, guys, that was a weird one. It was really odd. That was a really weird draft. I'm not saying it was bad. It was just very strange. Um, See, this is what this is what I love about our drafts is that me and you, we try to always do a mock draft and stuff like that. But no matter how many mock drafts we do, how many podcasts we listen to, our fucking group of people is so goddamn weird that we dictate where people go just based on a fucking whim. So... The fucking QB round was round five. A lot of fucking QBs don't go until, like, round six or something, or a couple go a little bit earlier than that. But we just had a run on QBs, and everyone was like, oh, fuck, everyone's picking up a QB, now we gotta do it. Yeah, no, half, half it, the QBs were selected in round five. Exactly, so, is... I mean, it's, it's, it's shit like that, where it's like, why, why even bother prepping anything when you know it's just gonna be some random weird bullshit happening? <laughs> uh, here, let me, let me put the blame on somebody. Um. So the person who started, I think it was I think it was you because didn't you pick I, up Baker? No, I didn't pick him up that early. Um, I mean it was close because that's when the run happens. Basically, guys, this was like the stock market crash of like nineteen whatever <laughs> twenty whatever, where it's like, uh oh, all the quarterbacks are gone. I'm not going to get one. So let's see, round technically round six, but it was actually round five. All right. So here it is. Uh, Delaney. Delaney started first. He got Matt Ryan. Then Deshaun Watson went. Aaron Rodgers, Carson Wentz, and then I got Baker Mayfield at the end of the round. Yeah, and then I had to fucking pick up Kyler, <clears throat> Kyler Murray because he was the only high upside QB there was left. Well, I mean, I'm sure there were still some. But anyway, so that was weird. Um, three t- three defenses were taken alone in round seven. Was I one of those? Uh, I believe so. Uh, let me see. Round seven. One, two. Yeah, so that was weird, and that, that was the thing that I'm going to harp on. Um, and uh, the first defense, though, was selected in round four by Brett. Now, that was a, that was an accident. <laughs> that was an auto-pick thing. But I am uh, not going to uh, beat him up too much about it. Uh, weird thought, weird, something I thought was weird, personally. Uh, Evan Ingram, the tight end from New York Giants, was actually selected before Kittle and Ertz. Or, no, I'm sorry, that's not right. Ingram and Kittle were both selected before Zach Ertz was selected, which I thought was. I think a, you're. Which I, I think you're seeing that just because Ingram has a lot more upside in the, uh, in the long, big, big play passing game. Ertz is more, you know, like a underneath a uh, a safety blanket, and you're you're relying on touchdowns rather than you know those big 70, 80 yard games from uh, Zach Ertz. Oh, Jesus Christ. Sorry. <laughs> I'm by a major uh, road right now. I'm not in my place yet, guys. I've been living in the Airbnb life for the last three weeks. I've been living out of a suitcase. It's not a good time. Do not suggest. All right. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think that's why you're seeing Ingram and Kittle go. Obviously, Kittle had a massive year last year. I don't think that's going to fucking happen again, but, you know. Yeah. I just thought that was interesting. All right. So, one last thing I want to say. If you took your defense before round seven... Um, here's a short list of players that you could have had instead of a defense at that at that point. Tyler Boyd, A.J. Green, Dante Pettis, Calvin Ridley, and David Njoku are just a few that I selected out of there. Um, yes, none of those guys are like crazy, like 
beat you over the head, gotta have kind of guys since AJ Green is hurt and whatnot. However, it's a defense, guys. <laughs> we all remember Brandon selecting the Jacksonville Jaguars defense last year super freaking early. <laughs> and it working super well for him. Alright, with that, we are going to go into team by team analysis. Um, I'm going to go by draft order. There is no, there are no rankings this week because I don't, I can't rank. This, this is all subjective. Yeah, I can't rank. I can't really rank. I can put you guys in tiers, but I can't really rank teams at this point, in my opinion. Um, so I'm going to kind of go position by position a little bit, and then I'm going, we're going to uh, highlight a linchpin player, somebody who is going to determine the fate of your season. And then at the end of the year, we get to look back and see how wrong I was. All right, so let's first start with our number one pick in uh, Nick Jones and his new team, the Prison Suicide. Wait, so how would I pronounce it? Is the Prison Suicides, since it's got the quotes around, and I did do the air quotes when I said that. The suicides. So, like maybe Prison Suicides winky face? Is that what we're looking at here? <laughs> All right, so first things first. His wide receivers are god tier. Ex- I mean, ex- I mean, Antonio Brown has a lot of question marks. A yes. lot of question marks. Yes, but it can be god tier. His flex is Kenny. Can- it can be god tier. Yes. His Kenny Gall- Kenny Galladay's his flex. I really like Kenny Galladay. Now there's a problem though. Those are his. I mean, with the exception of Sammy Watkins, those are his only wide receivers. There are no backups here. <laughs> my my opinion that's a little did, that's a little did, scary he, but if they stay healthy he didn't drop for depth it doesn't matter um now on the flip side instead of having any wide receivers he has running backs for days i got a feeling that perhaps nick learned from drafting three defenses last year and nick i promise that that's the last time i will mention that because you have learned um there's no real studs in my opinion chris carson's really good I, Tom Brady Tom Brady is a good quarterback, but he's not a good fantasy quarterback. Wait, well, and that's I think it's weird that he's starting right now when he has Jared Goff. So that's kind of whatever. Um, I don't believe in Ronald Jones or any Tampa Bay running back. However, he does have Darwin Thompson, who did just lose value because Sean McCoy just got picked up by Kansas City. But he also has Duke Johnson. So he's got – he can mix and match his running backs – based on the situation. But his running backs are very, very dictated on the week. I think yeah. Chris Carson is a good running back, and he's going to have the workload in Seattle. However, there was talk about Seattle wanting to go to a more pass-heavy offense, not having the same volume. James White, we all know running backs in New England, they can't be fucking trusted farther than they can be thrown. So... I, I think that your running backs are suspect, and you're probably going to want to lean on your pass catchers a lot more. Yeah. Um, with all that being said, though, this is not Nick's team from last year, um, so don't expect, you know, the the easy. It was last year. It was an easy, usually an easy win, even though I ended up losing to him somehow, like sixty six to sixty four, some like lowest scoring stupid <laughs> thing. Anyway, but this expect major competition from this team. Um, the linchpin for his team for his season has got to be Antonio Brown. If this is the Antonio Brown who hooked up with Big Ben in Pittsburgh, then I mean, look, he's got Michael Thomas. So then he's got Michael Thomas and Antonio Brown going at the same time. However, 
if it's a doled down Antonio Brown who's not happy he's in Oakland because he's a diva and he doesn't get the ball enough, blah, 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 and he cries, that major strength turns into a pretty big weakness, in my opinion, very quickly. The good news is, I think- Nick, you've got a new player that you can use as your keeper next year if it all goes to shit. You're going to keep Michael Thomas, and you can get off Antonio Brown's wild ride. So, I mean, I think that's a win in itself. I think that the that a big problem with Antonio Brown that's going to come up a little bit more as the as the season goes on is that he wasn't even in any of the preseason. So a lot of what made Antonio Brown Antonio Brown was that Ben and Antonio Brown could be you know read each other's with minds each other on 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 the same page. And when you're missing what four to five weeks of possibly getting there, uh, I think that I. I don't think we're going to see the same Antonio Brown right out the gate. Now, is that to say he could he couldn't heat up down the stretch where maybe him and Carr, you know, get a little repertoire going? Uh, no, but I, I think that you're going to be hurting these first couple weeks when Antonio Brown is finally getting back out there, finally getting some throws uh, uh, from Derek Carr, and you know. I just I don't think he's going to be the Antonio Brown of Pittsburgh. I think you're going to see a neutered Antonio Brown. I, and I honestly think you're right, but I still think he'll have value. So, oh yeah, that's the, yeah obviously that's the question mark. So let's move on um, to Delaney, um, the Kentuckyana prison ropes. Um, was was he something ropes last year? The da- was, did we see the danger ropes last year? Is this a theme? Delaney, can you call in at some point and confirm that you're just rhyming all your teams with the last part? Ope, the nopes, ropes. I just want those confirmed. Conspiracy here. Um, first thing that sticks out to me on this team is uh, he's got plus wide receivers in DeAndre Hopkins and T.Y. Hilton. T.Y. Hilton obviously comes with an asterisk, um, but I can't help but think he's still going to get some play. Like it's not going to, he's not trash. Now that looks not thrown to him. Um, I think the big question marks is his running backs. I think they can either be very, very good or very, very bad because we have the new and we don't know what we have girly. And we have the rookie Josh Jacobs in Oakland. Gurley could still provide legitimate fantasy value depending on how the Rams use him. I don't know if they're going to use him as like the guy who gets the touchdown, like if that's what, or if they're. I don't even. I literally don't know. It's a big question mark to me. I don't. Have they even used him in the preseason at all? Does it make like I don't. I don't for who, who? for Gurley Todd Gurley about- Todd Gurley. Oh, so uh, the report is is that they're going to use him a lot less now. Well, as our favorite podcaster, as our favorite podcaster says, not all touches are created equal. But I think they're probably, you know, they're they're not going to play him in the preseason where it doesn't matter right now. Um, obviously, it's Todd Gurley. I don't think he needs to play in the preseason to be himself. But um, I I think he's fine and ready to go week one. I don't. I didn't, Jeff. I don't think I had a chance to draft early, but if I did, it scares me personally. Uh, Josh Jacobs, though, I think he could be legitimate. I think I really do, but I just don't know how good he'll be. Put those questions away. Delaney's got George Kittle, who I really, really like. 
obviously the chances that he has a better season than he did last year seems impossible. But I still think he'll be good. I mean, he's got Jimmy G's throwing to him instead of Christian Bethencourt or whoever was throwing to him last <laughs> year. So that, that's got to be a plus. Um, Matt Ryan is going to be good as he ever was. He was the number two quarterback last year. He should be right up there this year. There's no reason why he shouldn't be. Um, the thing I like the most about this team is I think this team is going to be a consistent team. I don't think this is a hot, cold team. I think this is a team that's – I think he's going to get a consistent amount of points from this team week in, week out. Uh, that being said, the running back depth is non-existent. He's got one guy, Peyton Barber. I already said what I yeah, said about Tampa Bay. <laughs> Tampa Bay. And we already mentioned the questions about Todd Gurley and Josh Jacobs, so – the man needs to go out and get him some running back depth. <laughs> He's got wide receivers. I think something. I, I think I think something that's not going to be talked about a lot is the sleeper defense of the Bills. I their defense is something to behold. You got Micah Hyde. You got Travis White. You got um, who is that linebacker that they just drafted? I think like last year. Oh, I don't. Remember. I don't know defenses very well. The 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 freak linebacker that they drafted last year, they got Ed Oliver. They got a uh, oh shit, I forgot about another that. An, another right end that they had just drafted. They got Star Lutalele. That defense is low key stacked, and I think that 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 defense is going to get you a lot of points. Just base. I don't I don't think you can have a lot of weeks where you know you're sitting there with negative six points because someone put up. 30 points on the Bills. Yep. Uh, so I kind of already... The, my counterpoint to that is, is the Bills offense going to be good enough to keep the Bills defense from not being on the field for 40 minutes a game? That's my worry. But if they can, then you're Gucci. So I kind of <laughs> I kind of already spoiled it. The linchpin for this team is Gurley. If Gurley plays enough that he gets above average fantasy value... Delaney's sitting in good speed, good, uh, good, uh, good spot. If Gurley is becomes, you know, touchdown dependent, where they're only giving him 20 yards to run each time, and maybe he's not getting that touchdown every time, this team starts to become a little shaky. Um, so it just it hangs on Gurley, and I, and honestly, out of all the teams that we've talked about on this roster, or that we will talk about today, which is everybody, I honestly think that this is the team. That relies on one player the most. Um, also, I will I will also add that uh, Kiki Cutie, your 16th round pick, although might have been a flyer, lost a lot of value when Kenny Stills came in the door. I disagree. I I you have DeAndre you have DeAndre Hopkins, Will Fuller, and Kenny Stills. I don't see how Kiki Cutie, the master of having his ankle broken. Is this all right? Yeah, factor. No, at all. if he can be healthy, I think he still plays because Kenny Stills is not doesn't have the same skill set that Kiki Cutie has. The reason Kiki Cutie is always on the field is because of the way he can, the way he uses his speed. If he still has it, provided that his ankles aren't always <laughs> broken. Obviously, a big question. Perfect round sixteen flyer flyer type guy. So I don't have a problem with that at all. I don't think I think anything. I think Kenny Stills eats out of. Will Fuller's value. Fair. I don't think they're the same level, but I think he's they play the same kind of game. So let's move on to Mitch, who I don't think has Will Fuller, which is too bad because that would be like the perfect segue. Is he? But is he password is Taco? Yes, he is password is Taco. 
Uh, actually, the, the correct pronunciation is password is taco. So, yeah, make sure you do that correctly. Uh, so, here's the deal. If you were on the chat during the draft, Mitch was constantly shitting on his team. I thought it was funny during. I thought he was just being overly harsh. You know, sometimes when you draft, you feel like crap. You're like, oh my god, this team just is just ass. Let's not mince words here. He wasn't being overly harsh. This team oh, yeah. is, is, is meh. It's just meh. You got the, it's like mediocrity incarnate. It's meh. Running backs. Meh. Wide receivers. He's got a stud QB. Asterisk. He's going to be seeing the turf all year long because it's Deshaun Watson. And, all right. a stud, and a stud tight end. Yeah. So he's basically paired one really good player with an average player. He's got James Conner, who's going to produce in Pittsburgh. I really loved him last year because he really helped me out with Marlon Mack. Look, we're Colts fans. We love Marlon Mack. He's not a top 10 running back. He's And 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 with Luck being lost, I think they're going to stock stack the box a lot more and try to, you know, pressure Jacoby. Yeah. So at exactly. least for the beginning of the year, at least for the beginning of the year, I don't think Marlon Mack is going to produce that much. Yep. Robert Woods Really good, really good offense paired with Alshon Jeffrey. Alshon Jeffrey is not bad. However, he's injury prone. They got Deshaun Jackson, so all of a sudden the, there's a lot more targets to be thrown about. And I think they did also lose Golden Tate, though. So Golden Tate didn't do jack shit in Philadelphia last year. He he did. He provided another target for Wentz slash Nick Foles. I mean, obviously. Okay. Well, Alshon. You know, okay. It's, well, it's Alshon. Not be amazing. Alshon finished twenty six last year. I think. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, you're you're probably gonna get the Alshon you got last year. So let's scroll our eyes down to the bench, and then you look at the bench, and there's there's no saviors. There's no. I I don't see anybody on here who I see is like, oh, the potential there for him to break out is. Legitimate. I think Alan. Ro- I think Alan Robinson could okay. a second a second year a second year in Chicago with a Mitch Trubisky who has maybe gelled with him a little bit more. He's a good receiver. Okay, just so there's there's one. <laughs> there's one. Uh, Jordan, Jordan. Let's go down the line. Jordan Howard is very touchdown dependent, so you're not gonna get a lot of you know uh, consistency out of him. Marvin Jones Jr. Fuck that asshole. <laughs> He's screwed me over more times than I can count. Tariq Cohen. They've they've literally they've uh, literally he, Chicago's literally said that they're trying to get away from Tariq Cohen. They've, oh they've, yeah, because I mean, well, I mean, but I think he got Tariq Cohen more as a handcuff to David Montgomery. Which is um, yeah, which Corey is Davis. Cor- Corey Davis is being thrown to by uh, Marcus Mariota hula- until he gets hilarious. hurt, and then it's Ryan Tannehill. Oh, hilarious! Nick Foles is your backup quarterback. You're absolutely hilarious. I think Nick Foles is going to thrive in Jacksonville, and. Um, Kansas hot take by the way hot take there, um, and a Kansas City wide receiver that I've never heard of. Michael Hardman. Hardman. I don't. Yeah, I have absolutely no idea who that is. I'm assuming this is in case Tyreek Hill situation goes absolutely sideways. That's what I'm assuming. Yeah, but e- but e- but even still, I mean, you have the the quote unquote catching handcuff to Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, so that being that look, look, all that being said, I don't doubt that he's gonna have a couple weeks where he puts up a bunch of points. 
But this team is just it just screams hot cold to me. Um, all that being said, honestly, the linchpin for this team is Marlon Mack. The Colts and Frank Reich have been saying all offseason that they want to become a top five rushing team this year. If they do that, which is going to be hard with Marlon Mack, then Mack becomes a top ten running back or close to it, which then makes the running back's position a really good strength for Mitch, something they can consistently rely on. And then after that, the pieces can start falling into place. So, Mitch, send those vibes to Marlon Mack, just like everybody else in this league. <laughs> All right, so let's move on to our Colorado resident, Andrew, and the... Johnson & Johnson? Johnson & Johnson, this name is too long, long son. Hilarious penis joke, Johnson. Penis. <laughs> yep. Penis. Uh, we are now we are now demonetized as a podcast because we said penis too many times. Oh, that was short lived. <laughs> okay, so David Johnson is your keeper. I, I, uh, I get it. I don't think you had a lot of other people to have as your keeper. I don't think David Johnson is keeper level material. Uh, Ooh, a lot of people are going to are, are saying. Are saying that he's going to have a comeback year, right? A lot of people are saying he's going to have a comeback year. You know, you got the air raid, you got Kyler Murray, new offense, whatever. I don't, I don't think we've seen the production from him that we've wanted to since twenty sixteen. Was it twenty sixteen, where he had that just insane year? Yeah, it's been a while since he's been good. <laughs> Is basically the yeah. So I don't, I don't. As much as it's gonna hurt, and hey, maybe this is a hot take that's gonna get proven wrong. But I, I'm gonna take that David Johnson is not gonna be worth the keeper value, the first round quote unquote draft value that you uh, have him there for. Yeah. So my nickname for this team is Team Potential. Nearly every player on this roster, I could see turning the corner and having a really good time. DJ, except carry for, on, Cam, Lockett, Damian Williams, and honestly, I'm all aboard Christian Kirk in the air raid. Here's the problem. Potential is not always realized. Cam is coming back from an injury and was injured again in the preseason. Damian Williams shined in the playoffs without uh, without Hunt around, but get but consistently out of Kansas City, they, they keep... They, they just got LaShawn McCoy. They clearly don't trust Damian Williams with a full workload that they did Kareem Hunt. Um, mm-hmm. And then maybe the biggest question of all, Arizona's offense seems like the kind of thing that will be good for fantasy football. But it's, it's a big question mark. We don't actually know if it's going to work. I've never been that big a fan of Lockett. However, he every year he – or not every year, but he's been showing up the last couple of years fantasy-wise. But here's the deal – Lockett super doesn't have any other wide receiver in Seattle. And the way they've been getting his points is basically him just like running between everybody else and Wilson buying enough time in the pocket. I don't think he can do that anymore because I think he's basically going to get double teams. I don't think Tyler Lockett's good enough to beat double teams. I don't think that's the kind of wide receiver I mean, he is. I think, I think that we're going to see Tyler Lockett's year is going to depend on DK Metcalf. Um, DK had a lot of hype coming out of college. 
and then he dropped because of some unknown bullshit. Um, I think that if they, if they use DK correctly, he's going to become a better number two receiver so that Tyler Lockett can shine like he always has been. Yeah. And you know, that's totally possible. Devontae Adams is a fucking set, stud. Set and forget. Like, yeah, just throw everything out. <laughs> I, I, I didn't. I didn't truly. I didn't truly realize how fucking studly Devontae Adams was until this year. You know, when I started getting back into fantasy and and going through all the podcasts and all the stats and all that. Holy shit! <laughs> I didn't. I didn't realize it <laughs> Holy until about shit. halfway through the last year. Like, I just he was just quietly became this elite wide receiver in Green Bay. Um, so I personally think that his tight end is a huge question mark. It's a Baltimore tight end. That's somebody that he also, he also doesn't have a backup tight end. Some of us who have never heard Mark Andrews is his name. I'm going to say this. I believe there's fantasy production in Baltimore. I don't think it's through the air. However, that being said, I looked at Mark Andrews. I looked at what he did last year. He was a he was 16th tight end. He did all these crazy things as a rookie last year. So maybe he maybe you know what? Maybe whatever happened to Hayden Hurst? Didn't he get drafted in the first round last year? I think he got hurt. But uh... and I do I I kind of get where he's going with like well if Baltimore is going to be a short run team then they're probably just going to do short passes so that means the tight end out with a flat or something like that. That being said, I think this guy is the real reason Andrew wants to go to PPR. Because I think he knows this guy could get a lot of catches. He's just not going to get any <laughs> yards after a catch. And he just wants those half PPR points. I'm on to you, Andrew. I'm on to you. <laughs> All right. So I think the gist is if Andrew gets his share of breaks, he's looking at a really good team. Um, however, I will, I, will, I will say this about Kerryon Johnson, though. As good as Carrion was for me last year, I was never more comfortable playing him more than like a flex play every week. Mm-hmm. If I had to start him in the RB2 position, I was shitting my pants because I fucked up somehow. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Um, so here's the, the, the big thing on Andrew's team. I am 70% sure that I said the exact same thing about his team last year. About how it was just full of potential and he just needed the breaks to go his way. And obviously that didn't happen last year. Um, the biggest key for him this year, the linchpin player, is Tyler Lockett. We talked about him. But if Lockett is consistently what he was last year, I don't think it matters if DJ or Carrion have the biggest day. Because DJ and Carrion are going to have points no matter what. So he just he's, he's going to need that, that help from Lockett. And if Lockett's hot-cold, it's going to spell... It's going to spell issues for him, for sure. Um, oh, we forgot to talk about his bench. His bench is probably one of the most more solid, in my opinion, in the league. He's, his bench has so many fucking wide receivers on it, it's a joke. Yeah, but I don't think he's got to worry about his running backs too much. Oh, and he's got Sonny Michelle, just so we all know. New England running back. Blah, blah, blah. Insert normal joke here. All right. So let's move on uh, to Doc in the NFL Psych Ward. Who who is his keeper? Okay, so that's the fun part. Doc somehow, some way 
kept the two best players on his team from last year. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. I thought it was Julio Jones, but it wasn't. It wasn't. Was it he kept Le'Veon Bell. So he kept two of his best players from last year's playoff team, except the fact that Bell never did played. He, did he draft? Did he draft Le'Veon last year? No, he kept Julio last. Yes, yes, because he kept he kept Julio yeah, the so, year before. Yeah, so he was on he was on his team all year last year. Yes, correct. Okay, so I feel like he deserves to have the two best players after having Le'Veon for a whole fucking well, year after he didn't play. I remember last year, every time it was just like, this team would be super, super good if Le'Veon Bell was just playing. Dude got screwed. Um, so his starting wide receivers are is are elite. It's Julio Jones and Keenan Allen. His running backs are could be elite. It's Le'Veon Bell and Devontae Freeman. Devonta Freeman, I will add, is very injury prone, and now that um, now that Tevin Coleman's gone, I'm going to see him probably even increasing his workload because he's the only good running back on that roster. Um, I'm I'm hot take for seeing an injury pretty early in the season from him, and that's you know what that's yeah, that could totally happen. I drafted Freeman in a uh, money league, and it really screwed me over. Um, so his bench is a little rough, but it also could be a lot worse. Uh, he's had two trades have affected this team. He has Kenny Stills, which I think turned Kenny Stills into someone who had some fantasy value because he was like the only target in Miami. Doesn't mean necessarily that you wanted it, but you know, there's sometimes there's value in the only wide receiver in town. And now Kenny Stills is in Houston which is a lot more cluttered wide receiver-wise. But on the other hand, Asha McCoy got cut by Buffalo, but then sent to Kansas City. I don't think Andy Reid is picking up Asha McCoy just to have him sit with him in Kansas City. I think they got a plan for Asha McCoy, and if one of his running backs get injured, maybe Asha McCoy is the play. Now, I'm not saying Asha McCoy is like, you know, they're going to be RB2 level kind of stuff, but... You give it. You, you hope he goes in, and you hope maybe he gets a touchdown or two. Maybe he's the short back. You know. Yeah, definitely, definitely a possibility for a flex play there. Yeah, and I mean he's he's got. I think Larry Fitzgerald is probably going to get a lot more points than he did last year. Um, yeah, he's old. Yeah, he's slowing down. I, I still think he's got value. Um, but you know what the best thing is? Doc doesn't have to play because he's got Julio Jones and Keenan Allen, so he can pick him. He can just. Pick and plug. Also, uh, give me some sort of sound effect here. Uh, Josh Gordon, not on Andrew's team, drafted beforehand. Doc has Josh Gordon. The world is upside down. Everything's the worst. Yeah, this is going to be the year where Josh Gordon turns into fucking Randy Moss, and <laughs> Andrew is just going to fucking lose his shit. Man, so, okay, that's the question, though. Do we want that? Because one hand... Andrew gets really mad. Other hand, Josh Gordon's really good, and New England's really good. <laughs> and I mean, yeah, they're gonna be good. Be they're real. gonna be New good. England, New England is always good. But I also don't want them to be really good with a really, really good wide receiver because that just can we not, please? Um, hey, you know, maybe maybe he'll smoke a little bit too much of that ganja again. So. In my opinion, this team looks like it's going to contend week in, week out. So if you're playing Doc, 
prepare for a fight. Be afraid. Yeah, just be be ready to put up points. And I had to cheat a little bit. The linchpin player player isn't a player; it's players. It's like we said, Bell and Freeman. But like Brandon said, Freeman was injured way too much last year, and I mean, Bell was off, you know, from running for a year, and that helped Adrian Peterson out a whole bunch. But I think sometimes that hurts. So both those two running backs are question marks. If these guys are both allowed to run free and they can stay healthy, watch out. Doc's got revenge on the mind, I think, after the Bell holdout situation and still making the playoffs. <laughs> That's a, Any final thoughts on Doc's team there? Uh, no, I think you summed it up pretty well. Uh, Le'Veon is going to be a big question mark, but honestly, having a whole year to sit off, as long as he was doing the necessary things to keep his body up, keep himself in shape, keep his explosiveness going, I think it's only going to help him. Yeah. So let's move to Nathan McCorney's team. Suck, squeeze, bang, blow. Um, this team, you know, I really like this team for... Oh, wait, hang on. What's what's going on here? What, someone stole my team. <laughs> There's Stefan Diggs, Leonard Fournette, Derrick Henry. I'm always talking those guys up. So, I guess apparently, I can confirm that Nate actually listens to this podcast, because he's drafted all the guys that I always talk about all the damn time. Um, he even grabbed Michael yeah. Gallup, who was my flyer last year at the end of the round, and everyone's like, why'd you pick him? And then I dropped him after the second week, you'll because he didn't see. do anything. I said, you'll see, and then nothing happened, and I had to move on. <laughs> so, uh, in all honesty, though... Um, I kind of feel like Nate probably got stuck in drafting Leonard Fournette and Derrick Henry. Um, it's not to say those guys are bad, but I have a feeling that at the position he was at in the draft board, he was right in the middle of the pack. Pretty sure he was number five. He might have been number six. Um, I think he felt like he couldn't reach on another running back, but he didn't want to have Leonard Fournette and Derrick Henry because Leonard Fournette and Derrick Henry both come with Pretty big question marks. I mean, Fournette's a workhorse. I mean, Leonard, Leonard, for, Leonard Fournette doesn't have a question mark. It's like he is. I think he does. Terrible. He's, he's, as, he's, as somewhat, he's absolutely. As, oh, okay. That's where you're going. Okay. He's absolutely. Okay. He's absolutely terrible. But his workload is the only thing that keeps him alive. I would be afraid that now you have a fucking quarterback there. You don't have Blake Bortles. You got fucking Nick Foles now. Could Nick Foles suck? I'm going to predict yes. That's what I said earlier in the podcast, and I'm going to stick by it. However, if Nick Foles actually does start working out, Leonard Fournette's not going to continue to have the workload that he does, and his fantasy value is going to... Yeah. Um, well, that's the interesting thing. is like Now that they have someone who's not Blake Bortles, are they going to stay with that run-heavy offense all the damn time? And then with Henry... Henry had that really good end of the season, but is, in my opinion, is the Titans offense going to be smart enough to actually use him properly like they did at the end of the year? Or are we going to go back to where they're like, no, we can't do this all the like, it's, I'm the, I, it's going to take a lot for me to finally give up on the Henry train, and I know I'm probably wrong at this <laughs> point, but last year made me saw the light, or made it prove to me that the light is there, it should be there, and he should be run all the time. People just refuse to do what they need to do to make him. They just won't let him. And you know what? And maybe you know what? And maybe that's his own damn fault. Maybe it's his fault for being a running back 
that needs to have that kind of production to be you know, the, that kind of amount of carries to become good. I, the, you know, I obviously it's a pass happy NFL, so maybe NFL teams are clearly looking for teams that are running backs that can produce instantly and not ones that need to grind it out. Um, I really, really moving back to Nate's team. I really, really like the wide receiver depth here. Um, Tyreek Hill, oh, Stephon sure. Diggs, studs, right? Um, AJ Green when he comes back from injury. I not as high on Devin Funchess as I used to be because Andrew Luck's not there anymore. But here's the thing: we just named the three the three wide receivers he's already has, and Tyreek Hill and Stephon Diggs. He doesn't need help instantly right now. The three wide, oh, no. the three wide receivers he has, Devin Funches, Michael Gallup, and James Washington, are all just, let's see if they break out plays. Which, when it comes to Michael Gallup and James Washington, it could be a legitimate thing. James Washington is... He's fighting Dante Moncrief right now for the number two wide receiver spot in Pittsburgh. Big Ben can't throw to Juju. Which is just sad. Big ben, yeah. Big Ben can't throw to Juju the whole time. So he's got to throw to a second guy, and that team loves to pass. James Washington might have a lot of value. On the flip side, flip side, Michael Gallup, I'm pretty sure, is the number two wide receiver in Dallas now. Opposite Amari Cooper. Can't throw to Amari Cooper the whole time. Yeah. These are solid picks. These are really good picks. Um, you forgot. He's he's actually the number three three wide receiver. Amari Cooper's number two, and Ezekiel Elliott's number one. No, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> Speaking of Ezekiel Elliott, we haven't talked to him about this whole time. That was Nate's keeper. Huge question mark. Not he. Uh, there was developments uh, over the weekend about uh, him and uh, Jerry Jones almost reaching a deal. So I think they're gonna they're gonna hammer one out before the uh, first game. I think it's likely. However, they've been saying that for like a month now. That oh, they're getting there. They're getting there. Getting there. No, I mean they had been and Jerry Jones is very vocal as everyone knows. Um, they, he had been saying, oh, I know Ezekiel's going to miss a bunch of games, but it just came out, I think, like, either a day or two days ago, that they had had some movement and that, uh, they were very close to closing in on whatever deal that they wanted to do. Yeah. So, you know, if that gets, if that gets tidied up, you know, then he can feel a lot better about his team for sure. Um, which brings me to the key player, the linchpin of this team. It's not a player... It's off-the-field issues, right? If Hill, Fournette, and Zeke's, Zeke, <laughs> Zeke's, Zeke can straighten themselves out, this can be an elite team. However, Fournette has issues keeping his head cool in the middle of the game, got suspended multiple times. I don't necessarily buy that the Tyreek Hill drama is over. And Zeke's <laughs> got his own holdout issues and other off-the-field issues that have struck before. Now, Zeke's kind of put his in the past... I feel like, and is more likely to, as long as he gets this contract, he's good to go. The other two it, are big members of this off, of his team, and I, I don't think it's something where you can just sit there and, you know, and drink and be like, I feel good about everything. Like, I'm just going to sit here and relax. I think you're going to worry. Um, and if those, if that, you know, if Zeke doesn't sign a deal, if he'll does something stupid or something he did something stupid in the past and it comes out again or Fournette loses his head I think that's going to sink this team very quickly all that being said Nate has proven time and time and time again he is a master of the waiver wire and so I 
I think there's that is so true. I feel like there's very few things that can actually honestly sink Nathan's team. Like as far as one player goes, I feel like it's gonna have to be a plethora of injuries or something like that. Now this also could just be the fact that I'm, according to the rivalry data, three and eight against Nate. So maybe I'm just always scared of Nate. So maybe that's it. I've, I've in my head I've built him up to this unbeatable guy, um, and that's the and yeah, that's what's yeah, that's Nate what it is. is. Nate can be like that sometimes. <laughs> but. Let's move. Let's move on to Angie's team. Let's pivot over here since we still got, I think, three to four more. I think we got four more teams. Yeah. To cover. So I, I can't remember what her team name was last year, but I feel like it was something lucky. It's not so. It's yeah. It's something lucky. And then this year, it's not so lucky. So I appreciate the the sticking to a theme. I could never do that, but I but <laughs> but I appreciate it. That's why I want to know about Delaney's nope rope you know, whatever thing from last year. Uh, honestly, Patrick Mahomes is a God <laughs> that's just burst out, but let's get that out of the way. Yeah. It doesn't need to be talked about anymore. Patrick Mahomes is a God. Yeah. And right after he's in, he's in there only your bye week is when you're going to have to plug in Ben Rollins yeah. for her. But right after that though, is also Melvin Gordon, which he's holding out. And that could very much affect your first couple weeks because that's a huge part of your team. Yes, it is. And so I, Angie, Angie's team to me feels like Andrew's team. There's a lot of potential here, but there's question marks. Will Gordon be out the whole year? Is is Ing- he's not gonna, he's not going to be out the whole year? I don't know. Is Ingram? They that's just, what they, we they just well, we they, thought the same thing about Le'Veon approved. Bell. Just, we, yeah, but they just approved him to look for a trade partner. Now, will he play at the Chargers? I don't think so. But I think he will play at least by week three, I read, if not early. I read somewhere that NFL insiders were saying them telling him he can look for trade partners is basically them saying they're not going to sign anything. Like, they're saying, good luck, and he's not really going to find anything that will make them say yes to a trade. Putting that well, I mean that's better. That's better than where they were. They were just like, nah, you can't seek shit. Fair enough. Um, will Ingram carry the majority of the carries in Baltimore? Baltimore uh, is Edelman. I, th- is, I think no. Well, that's the yeah. That's the question mark. Can Edelman continue to turn back the clock? He's really freaking old, and he got busted for PEDs. Is he gonna get busted for PEDs again? Is he gonna be worth a damn? At the beginning of the the off season, it was like. Julian Edelman's going to be the guy in New England because Tom Brady didn't have anyone to throw to. That's completely changed in the last three months. And now Julian Edelman's just kind of... He might be the number one wide receiver in name only, but there's plenty of guys for Tom Brady to throw at now. All that said, we already mentioned Patrick Mahomes. She also has OBJ. She's going to score, guys. So, well, be so ready. Well, OBJ is... OBJ is an absolute stud, but I'm fearful that the Browns offense is so good that yeah. he's going he's he's not gonna get the absolute force feeding that he normally gets. And that's gonna hurt him a little bit on a week to week basis for consistency. I think that you're still gonna have those monster weeks where Baker and Odell are just like fucking in each other's minds and he's gonna have like two touchdowns and 150 yards, whatever. 
But I think you're also going to have weeks where it's like, oh, well, it's the Jarvis Landry show. It's the Nick Chubb show. Yeah. It's the, you know, you're, you're, you're going to have those weeks because they are such an absolutely devastating offense. Yeah, there's a lot of mouths to feed for sure. And with their defense, they're not, they don't need to score. They're not going to be in shootouts. So it, that, is, that is a little asterisk to put for sure. Um, her bench bench is pretty solid like i'm not gonna say it's like great but she's got she's got guys to back up her her the guys that might get hurt or the guys that maybe need to be switched out she's got two i think two legitimate wide receiver backups or i guess it's the only two wide receivers she has but they're backups it's mike williams emmanuel sanders like you're not gonna have some a really amazing guy on your bench but i feel like those are guys that be like all right look this week i gotta switch them out. yeah they can they can perform exactly um and then the running back situation is a little bit rougher, which is also not so great because she is relying on Delvin Gordon, and I believe in Mark Ingram, but that doesn't mean that I don't have questions. Um, so she's got Royce Freeman and Kenyon Drake. Oh, Miami's going to be the so bad. Thing, the one thing, the one thing that does worry me about Mark Ingram though is that he's not a very big pass catching running back. Can he do it? Yes, but. I don't think it if matters. I don't think tr- Baltimore. I no, think, I, th- I, think, I think if I think if they try to go more of a pass-heavy offense, which is what you know all the fucking talk is about, I think that you're gonna have a Mark Ingram that is only useful a lot for touchdown play. He's not gonna rack up those big ass yardage gains. So if he doesn't reach the end zone, you're gonna be seeing a five or a six maybe mm-hmm. for your RB two, which is not always good enough to win you games yeah so the linchpin on this this team is easy it's melvin gordon i honestly think that if he holds out the whole year i think this is going to turn into what happened to doc last year we're going to sit here and think how good of this team actually could have been if melvin didn't hold out she might still make the playoffs without melvin you never i mean there's potential for that here i think the chances obviously go down but when you have Patrick Mahomes and OBJ and Brandon Cooks, like, you're going to put up points. <laughs> so, I, I, you know, it, it all hinges on Gordon. Um, so let's move on to our last three. We're going to start with our very own co-host here, Brandon Hughes. And, Brandon, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through your team. You don't get to see anything until i tell you you can which is going to be at the end <laughs> that way we don't okay. spend five minutes you fighting me on everything that i say because that's what happens on, on every, every single play because that's what happens every year and every okay. of every week of every time all right so here we go the positional stars on this team are going to make this team good to great every single week the wide receivers are solid plus. Right, running backs are solid plus. It's Alvin Kamara, it's Joe Mixon, Juju Smith, Amari Cooper, Zach Ertz at tight end. I don't buy Austin Eckler, but some people do. That's who he's got in the flex, but he's got backup, all right? The bench, I, honestly, this might be the best bench in the league. Darius Ge- or Geis Juice, I don't really know how to pronounce it, I think has potential to really break out once he's fully back from his injury and Washington lets him run. I like Dante Pettis. The one, the one, one hit on his team, as far as the bench goes, is it maybe might be a little heavy when it comes to the Colts, um, 
because since he has Jacoby Brissett, Naheem Hines, and Eric Ebron. Eric Ebron, it's going to be a risky play when you want to go tight end, but, you know, maybe you're waiting for the bye week for Zach Ertz or a really bad matchup. Um, Naeem Hines, I don't – go get a different running back, dude. I don't know why you – hold it on to Naeem Hines. <laughs> this isn't a PPR league. I just... Here's the thing, though. Brandon took a chance on Kyler Murray, and it could bite him in the ass, or it could be the savior that leads him to the promised land. We've talked about Arizona and how the air raid should have a lot of legitimate fantasy value, but it could also bite him in the ass. However, this is the one thing that I really like about your team. The risky position on your team is quarterback. Guess what is the easiest position to replace in fantasy football? It's the goddamn quarterback. You drop if you dropped uh, if you dropped him right now, you could turn around and you could go and get Kirk Cousins. Or there's like three other guys that are like, yeah, sure, it's not some really great quarterback, but you don't need a great quarterback. All your other positions are going to put up points. You just need a quarterback who's going to score an, an average amount, and then you should feel good the entire week. Um, the, but the key, I think, honestly, the key player for you is actually a player on your bench, and I think it's Darius. He might be your bench player, but if he can become the workhouse workhorse that I think he can be, if you remember, in 2018, he was a first-round draft pick for the Redskins. They believed in him. If he becomes that guy, A, I think you can bump him all the way up to RB2, which means you can drop Mixon down to flex, which I think is important because I don't trust the Bengals. I haven't for a long time, and I super don't trust him this time. Now you may speak. All right. <laughs> um, so, everything you said, uh, exactly what I'm thinking. The only reason Darius Geis is even on my bench is because Austin Eckler is going to get the start first week. I had Austin Eckler on my bench to begin with, but that's because Melvin Gordon, you know, he still had time. Melvin Gordon's running out of fucking time. So, mm-hmm. um, I-, I bumped Austin Eckler up. I think he's going to have a good week one. I, th- I think Darius Geist and Austin Eckler are going to be the inverse of each other. Austin Eckler is only going to get worse as the year goes on. Darius Geist is only going to get better as the year goes on. So Yeah, I th- um, that's, I, that is a good, that's a good point. I think some people... Naheem Hines. I don't remember when the fuck I picked up Naheem Hines. Uh, the thing I'll say... 15th round. <laughs> well, in that, I guess in, the, in that context. Um, yeah. yeah, with Austin Eckler, I think a lot of people are like, well, he's totally worth it because Belvin Gordon's holding out right now. So I don't think he's the guy who could... I don't think he can carry a full full workload. Workload. I think he. I think I think for at least the first week he's a good. He he's the guy that's going to get the work first week. Now is the first week going to be a prove it type of game? Possibly, but I think he proved it last year that he can do work with Melvin Gordon off the field, and he's earned at least a week's worth of leash. Yeah, that's the only thing. The only thing. The only thing that scares me is that Indiana's defense is good at one thing. They are very good at one fucking thing, and that is fucking up running backs. <laughs> they did a good job last so I year. Am te- so I, I, am, I, am, I am terrified of that, but that's that's it. Yeah. yeah, should be a solid team. Now, we move on to myself. I did not write a review for my own team. Instead, I let Brandon do it. I figured we'll go ahead All and right, keep it. All right, same the- thing applies yep. to you. All right. Yeah, <laughs> same thing applies. You can't talk until I can tell you. 
All right, for Zoo's team, I'm seeing Baker Mayfield, which was the quarterback that I wanted. I went ahead, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that Baker is going to have an absolutely great year. Um, he's gonna be a stud quarterback. He has so many weapons. That's a home run of a QB. Now, everyone in Cleveland is hoping that there's not going to be a Johnny Menzel issue where it's like, hey, you know, you really good your first year, but then you went crazy, you know, shotgunning beers and stuff. I think that's not even a problem. He has a lot more love for the game than, you know, your Johnny Menzels, your Tom Couches, or whatever the fuck the quarterbacks were called. He's going to be great. Saquon Barkley, fucking don't even need to talk about him. Absolute stud. Dalvin Cook, and this is one thing I wanted to say about his team, Dalvin Cook is a very big question mark. I think that a lot of people are coming off of that that preseason game where they saw him run for that fucking 80-whatever-yard touchdown, and they're going to be like, oh, Dalvin, he's all better, everything's great. We're, you know, you can't throw aside last year where he was coming back from an ACL tear, and they very much, they very much limited his workload. Um. Now we're another year removed from that. Are we going to see the Dalvin Cook that he was his first couple games of his rookie season? Or are we going to see the Dalvin Cook of last year? We don't know that, but Latavius Murray leaving in the offseason is only going to be good for Dalvin. Mike Evans, everyone fucking loves him. I just fucking open up his shit because I don't. Everyone says he's consistent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's one of the only people to throw to on fucking Tampa Bay, so there you go. Cooper Cup, up-and-coming wide receiver. However, there are a lot of mouths to feed in Los Angeles, so that could affect him on his production. Vance McDonald, just fucking switch him with Darren Waller already. Let's be real. Uh, Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones, stud running back. I don't know how you have fucking Aaron Jones as your flex, but whatever. Uh, Broncos. It's a good defense, but I am going to say this, that they're getting up there in age. They've lost a lot of their secondary pieces, and you're really relying on Von Miller and Bradley Chubb getting to the quarterback before, you know, they can get the ball out. Because if they can get the ball out, Chris Harris ain't getting any younger. Um, they've lost a lot of their, their linebacker core. Um, and you got, I think, Bradley Roby out there still. I, it's, it's not the defense of the Super Bowl winning Broncos anymore. Um, <clears throat> as for the bench... Um, Latavius Murray is no longer the handcuff of Dalvin Cook. However, he is the handcuff of my running back, Alvin Kamara. If something does happen to Alvin Kamara, uh, Murray has shown in the past that he can be a very valid workhorse back. So he's great. Uh, Calvin Ridley and Jarvis Landry. Do you just have so much wide receiver depth that you're just like, haha, I'm going to sit starters? I guess so. Um, Daryl Henderson, you're pretty much hoping that Todd Gurley gets hurt. You drafted him as a handcuff, and that's a great thing. Uh, Rashad Penny, same thing. The, the thing I'm seeing on this team is you drafted a lot of handcuffs. A lot of things are like, hey, if this person goes down, this person could be great. Um, and your last, I think it was what, your last round flyer on Darren Waller? Yeah, I think your last round flyer on Darren Waller. Um, he could be great. He could also go start smoking a crack pipe and fucking completely screw up his entire NFL career. You never know. Um, that was that was a story for his first couple of years in the NFL, so um, you're pretty much hoping that off-the-field issues do not screw you up. Uh, linchpin for this team, I would say 
is probably probably your wide receivers. You you have Mike Evans, which is a top. It's it's a higher tier wide receiver, but they're gonna double team him as always. Um, if Cooper Cup can perform, if maybe Jarvis Landry starts heating up, maybe if Calvin Ridley starts heating up, something like that, you're gonna be able to plug and play your wide receivers, but you're not gonna have a second wide receiver that's going to get you 15 points consistently a game. So I think your linchpin for this team is your ability to plug and play matchups for your secondary wide receiver spot. You can now talk. Yeah, I think all those were fair. Um, so I, I think I don't think you're buying an advanced McDonald enough, but that's fair. If Darren Wall, I mean, it's it's it's, it's a fair thing to say. Yeah, my bench. Look, I think as I drafted my team, um, I felt really good with it I, I liked my draft position i like drafting i like drafting early or late in the rounds i like having those back-to-back you know picks or as close to back-to-back as i can get them and as i filled up my team i realized that i'm okay with aaron jones as my flex and i i like to put my team as around running backs because wide receivers scare me too much i, th- I think running backs are more uh consistent and so that's why i try to get three good running backs, and then that way I can just get the consistent points and then hope one of my wide receivers goes off. And I think that's why I ended up getting so many handcuffs. I mean, three handcuffs is kind of a lot, but I think part of it is in earlier years, I've been bitten a lot by injury. Last year I got pretty lucky and didn't have to, I only had Daryl or only had Fournette go down with an injury. But, you know, if Saquon... God, please do gets hurt. <laughs> Things start going to shit. Yeah, if, if Saquon if Saquon goes down, your team starts tanking real. So hard. I I kind of need those guys. Like, and the good thing is that some of the guys that I have that they are clearly handcuffs. They're also part of a shallow committee. Like Rashad Penny's still going to play every week. Daryl Henderson's going to play a bunch with Todd Gurley because they're clearly going to limit him a little bit at, at some point. And Latavius Murray could have some action at the goal line. Yeah. So, yeah, what you said was fair. Uh, yeah. And finally, our league champion, the, f- the man the man who beat me last year, Mr. Brett Davis. And the Tesla, some players others, my computer's being slow, so I can't. Pipe dreams. Tesla pipe dreams. Uh, <laughs> as a- I'm looking at this team. It definitely seems like a person who drafted last. <laughs> that's that's what I'm seeing. I see, I see one superstar on your team. One. Uh, well, we'll go right off the top, and I see a lot more um, potential <laughs> than Brandon seen. I, I think I the, see I see potential. I don't see. I think I think the running. I, th- I think you're hoping. I think you're hoping for. Uh, like growth. All right. Well, let's start here. And I don't. I don't think you're sitting here with great people that are right. just going to. Let's start here. Uh, running backs and wide receivers are both plus. Uh, Kish McCaffrey, Nick Chubb, two thumbs up for me. Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb could be plus. However, he is going to see a little bit of his production fall when, um, when slash if. Uh, that's so. That's ten weeks from now. Like I, that is something you don't. Yeah, even... I know. But but what happens in ten weeks from now? So let's say, let's say, for for an instance, uh, Brett gets into the playoffs. And all of a sudden, Kareem Hunt starts 
hacking into Nick's Chubb production. It takes a couple touchdowns away. It takes a couple catches away. Well, he's got three running and you're, backs. And you're in the... He's got three running backs sitting I, in the wings that maybe he could feel better first about. Off, first, off, to, first off, Tony Pollard's going to be absolutely nothing because Zeke's going to sign. Tony Pollard's Second still off, worth it as a handcuff. Devin, Devin Singletary is, what, a rookie for Buffalo? Uh, that I don't even know. I don't even know who he is. And Miles Sanders, there are so many goddamn running backs in Philly that if you want to start Miles Sanders, go ahead. <laughs> I think your studs are Christian McCaffrey and Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen for, you know, the consistency. Christian McCaffrey for his, oh my god, how much did he put up this week? <laughs> Chris Godwin. Solid, solid wide receiver too, in my opinion. I'm not a Chris. I'm not a Chris Godwin. It's not about Chris Godwin. Sorry, it's not about Chris Godwin. It's about the Bruce. Not, it's about the I'm Bruce a, Arians offense in Tampa Bay. Who do you have throwing the ball in Tampa Bay? Jameis Winston. Who's got a cannon? Jameis Winston. Oh, you don't look. The, wide, re- the wide receivers don't get penalized. Come on now. He has a can- he has a cannon to the defenders. His, look, listen. Oh, listen. Yes, he throws intercept. Defenders really yeah, weird. Listen, he has he has an intercept problem. I agree there, but guess what? He guess what? Inter- wide receivers don't get docked for interceptions. Ergo, oh, I know. However, if he underthrows then, Chris Godwin on a touchdown seventy-yard throw, that's seventy yards and a touchdown that just got taken away from Chris Godwin. Now, is he going to have some junk time? Yes, but I think you're going to see a Deshaun Jackson level of production out of Chris Godwin if that's who he is. That's what I'm, you know, taking away from. All the conversations that I've, I've had or heard about Chris Godwin is he is a Deshaun Jackson replacement. And that's what you're going to see. You also don't have Fitz Magic out there, which, which accounted for a lot of Deshaun Jackson's performance last year. So Yeah, but I, yeah. Tr- trust in Bruce Arians. That's all I'm saying. Uh, so let's move on down. His quarterback is Lamar Jackson. That's a question mark. It is a question mark. It's a question. It's That's a, it's a, a question it's, mark. It's a, but here's the thing with Lamar Jackson. Here's how I viewed. I wanted what I wanted when I drafted. I didn't want Baker Mayfield. I wanted Kyler Murray and Lamar Jackson. I was going to use those two as a tandem thing to see if one of them panned out. Because I think Lamar Jackson's about to get a shit ton of points. I don't. I don't know how high up he's going to go in QB rankings. He's going to get a shit ton of points just from all the running he's going to be doing. Everyone the thinks he's going to be Michael Vick, the and they've already—he's—he's he's not going to be able to sustain what he did last year. He can't. Why not? There's no fucking—he can't. Why not? Even—I I have even seen Michael Vick go on record and go, "If I would have done that, I would have died," but, because of how many hits you take. You can't—you cannot run that much and pretend that you're going to stay in this league more than three years. You, I think like, they you are I going think, to get fucking rocked. I think they've designed their team around his running ability. They've talked time and time again. They literally, they only talked about passing when the when the preseason started. Before that, they were talking about how they were revolutionizing the NFL. Oh, yeah, how he's going to run him a lot more. They're, it's going to be designed runs entire year. I just, I just don't, I do not think you can do that. Yeah. I, I, will he get the touch, will he be like that Cam Newton type guy who gets touchdowns on easy QB draws around the goal line? Sure. I do not think you're going to see the type of production that he was in the last, what, six weeks last year? Um, I'm I'm trying to pull it up, too, right now. Because it's... I want the... Uh, Yeah, the 90, the 39, the 90, the 60, the 75, the 71, 119. 
the last six weeks of that year, you saw no less than 30 yards for him on the ground. Most weeks being in the 60s or 70s. You are not going to fucking see that. You're, and you're just in the there's well, no the one the way. one two three four five six seven seven weeks that he played as a starter after the bye week he never had less than 15 points never had well, yeah, less but 15 15 points 15 points is like a bare minimum for a quarterback yeah but that's the thing if you're that's, talking about a great if you're but, talking about a great quarterback you're in the 20s at least. yeah but that's he the base that's the, the that's the base he had he was fifteen he was always at fifteen or above and that was before and yeah, he wasn't even that's with and that's with that that's with that monster running that he had in those seven weeks. I mean, come on. If you're gonna sit here and tell me that he's gonna run that much and just say fuck it to his arm, oh dude, he's gonna fu- he's gonna break his leg halfway through the season. I like I almost guarantee it, because some linebacker's gonna be like, haha, I see what you're doing. And just ruin his life. You know what? I believe. His Brett, I believe career. you and I, Brett. You and I aren't just Team Tampa Bay. You and I are also Team Lamar. We're also Team Handcuff because. And I, oh I, yeah, I, you I, see. I, so I, I apologize to anyone else if you had a handcuff and I just didn't realize it when I looked at your bench. If you did, send me a message. I will send you a official uh, invitation <laughs> into Team Handcuff. <laughs> <laughs> Brett has uh, Marquez Van De- Van- Valdez-Scantling and Tony Pollard. MVS isn't necessarily a handcuff, but, I mean, if Devonta Adams... If something happens, Devonta Adams, he yeah, goes something down. happens to Devonta Adams. He's the number one guy. Um, and he's got a couple others. He's got... I don't believe in DJ Clark, but I think that was, like, a last round. Like, he's just, like, shooting out. Fuck it. Um, I will say this. He's... Brett is hedging on the Lamar Jackson thing. He's got Philip Rivers. So it's like he's clear that he's a little scared about Lamar Jackson, which is to be obviously like I wasn't going to go Lamar Jackson only, but uh, yeah, all things said and done, I think this team is going to. I don't think this is a hot. I look at this team, I don't see a hot cold team. I see a team that is consistent, at least in the starters. I also think that his uh, his auto draft of the Bears defense, at least it was a good defense. <laughs> yeah, right. It wasn't something terrible. Um, it would be interesting to have this draft would have gone if he didn't auto draft, like who he would have gotten instead, like because that's like the fifth round. Yeah, because that was yeah that was fifth round. So maybe he gets a different quarterback. Maybe he didn't want to be Team Lamar, and so he and I actually aren't on the same page, and so then we're actually enemies, and that's <laughs> kind of you know depressing me right now because I thought we were friends. What I mean, hell, you, I mean, you have to think fifth um, fifth round was around the time of uh, the flex or maybe a, a wide receiver too. So yeah. So I quit this team to Brandon's team, by the by. It's got some breakouts that are possible breakouts, a QB that's a question mark, and solid positional players. Um, and that's that's team by team. Um, but surprise guys, I do have one last one last surprise. I don't have preseason rankings. However, ESPN does. That's right. Da da da. Da, da, I talked da. about this the other day on the chat. I have no idea how this is computed or anything like that, but I thought it would be fun if we just went through it and talked about... Where is it? I, I'm pulling it up on my app right now. It, no, I know. How do you how my, do you look at it? I, oh, ranks? Hang, no. hang on. I've, oh, shit. All right. So you click my team. Okay. okay. Then you go to league. And then you go to final standings projections. 
Oh, oh I moved up for some reason. Or down. Hold on. <laughs> did I move up or move down? No, I didn't move up. Somebody else did. Okay. On the, yeah, I don't, I don't know, I don't know. How to... This is this this was even a surprise to me. I had absolutely fucking no idea. So, league final scene. Okay, cool. Yeah, I I have what? I have no idea. I, I have move. no idea what this is based off of. I'm assuming it's off of like total points over the entire year off of projections. So if it's based That's off of fucking stupid. If it's That's based, yeah. If it's based off ESPN projections, you know what that all means, right? That this entire list is going to be backwards because ESPN projections are always fucking wrong. Although I am gonna say that fucking it, it ain't wrong when it picks Picorni to be the top. <laughs> so at number ten via ESPN, you can't be mad at me. You gotta be mad at ESPN. It's not me. At number ten is Nick. I have no idea why. At number nine Oof. is Angie. I don't know why. At number eight, it's Andrew. I don't know why. Brett is seven. Uh, Doc is six. Mitch is fifth. Fourth is myself. And as third is Kentuckian. Third is Delaney. But before we started this podcast, he was number two, but somehow, magically, Brandon overtook him. I don't know how. And number one. Oh, I think it was because I think I think it is oh, right. Shit. I think that it does go off of yearly projections because Austin Eckler, a little while ago, was projected for five, and then he went up to eleven on his projections, and I just switched him in, and I'm assuming that's what put me over the line. I don't know. And at number one is Bacorny. It's also possible that they just take your roster. And they just do the projections, you know, like they do every week. And then they just do it out every week and they compare you to the other team. And so, which is really stupid because that means they're being like, well, whenever this guy has a bye week, he's going to play the guy on bye, which, you know, you wouldn't do. I don't know. We can argue about it. But, so, recording was number one in case you didn't catch that. So, once again, it's Nick, Angie, Andrew, Brett, Doc, Pitch, Zoo, Delaney, Brandon, Recording. I wish I could say something about this list. I can't because the <laughs> season hasn't started. And it would all be me just spouting out my normal bullshit but the, of... But the season does start in, what, five days? Yeah, Green Bay in... Wait, no, who is the first game? Is it Green Bay? Five fucking days. Is it Green Bay Chicago again? Yeah, it is Green Bay Chicago. Yeah, Green Bay Chicago on Thursday night. I can't watch because it'll be three in the morning for me. But I'll see the end of it, maybe, if it goes into overtime. So, yeah. Let's play some football, y'all. Yeah, so uh, let's have a good year out there. Um, fuck all y'all! I'm gonna whoop your ass. And uh, yeah, let's keep uh, yeah, let's keep it clean and um, stick a dildo up your butt for old times. All right, so this has been the extraordinary fantasy podcast. I am Peaches. I am Zoo without the sing songy. Oh wow, you, there's no sing songy. Uh, no, because I'm not gay. <laughs> and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.